Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. It is May 3rd, and I'm here with my co-host, PK, and, of course, a great guest tonight. PK, let's start with you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm absolutely fabulous today. (laughs) It's called trying to make this phone do what it's supposed to do. Or the people oh. at the other end do what they're supposed to do. But that all fits because the month is all about communications, creativity, old stories, new stories, but again, the creative side taking a hit, positively and negatively both. So if we take a good look at what's happening right now, this new month is about creativity and communications of all forms. So the things hmm. to learn with the numbers and what you can do for yourself is understand yourself, ideas of how to make plans, and tendencies that are revealed about the likelihood of what's going to go on this year. And I've given you, I'm going to give you an easy way to take a look to see if your communication skills are good ones or somewhat problematic. Look at your birth name, first, middle, and last, and look to see how many C's, L's, or use that you have in your name, because each one of those letters represents the number three. And three deals with communication, and the more you have, the easier it is for you to communicate. So you can do that for yourselves and see whether you like what you see or not. And if you don't like it, then we'll take the next step. You can let me know, and I'll tell you how to somewhat fix it. It won't be perfect, but it certainly will help things a little bit. So I just thought that maybe... We can do some trial and error through lessons of what's going on in the real world. You know, take a look at your given name at birth and take it from there. And if you're really interested to find out what year you're personally in, add your month and day of birth together. And then add, take a look at what the universal year is. That the universal year this year is a seven. So add those to it, and it will tell you what your personal year is. So it'll be fun to figure it out. And if you have any questions, you can always shoot me a message. I'll be happy to answer, providing it's not too long of a question. Okay? Yeah, that's terrific. That's and also, isn't this it? You have this information on your website, right? Yes, I do. There's about some of it there. Uh-huh. What the personal year means and, then, and all that. And so that's uh-huh. per, that is TrishaKirkman.com. And you can also find... Patricia's website on supernaturalgirls.com. So either way, it's easy to reach her. And oh, yeah. And PK, you're always so generous with your time. 
new information to help out. I said new information oh. should be going up today or tomorrow. The gal that oh, does perfect. it for me, bless her heart, was in Washington, D.C., and she just got back here to uh, Tucson. So we're getting everything pulled back together again. We're oh, walking gosh, the tightrope, folks. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. Somebody and I want to tell everybody, goal. you know, PK is so generous with her time and her knowledge. So, you know, be don't be afraid to send her an email, ask her a question, or have schedule your own reading. It'll be well worth your time. Yes. That's right, because I've learned a lot just from ask, you know asking lots of questions, and and you've answered them all in a way that I feel I have now new insight, and we need that. We all need new insight. That's important. And it makes me so. think outside the box when I get questions because sometimes there are things that other people haven't thought of yet. Believe it or not, I know. there are new things under the sun. That's right. That's right. So it's nice to have that mm-hmm. exchange with people. Oh, definitely. So we have a show I have been really excited about i know you are too pk because we got to see our guest deb shakti's with us tonight she's a quantum hypnotherapist and many other things but we got to see deb's in action on john yost movie alien abduction answers and it was a great film we were so happy to have john on the show but after we saw the film you and i were saying well we need to get deb's on the show because she's the one who helps abductees and contactees retrieve memories, release trauma, and basically find out where all this fits into their life. So she helps a lot with the integration of something that's not easy to integrate. And she's a master at what she does. And John, he spoke so highly about Debs when he was here on the show, and so we're very happy to have Debs with us tonight. Now, tell you a little bit about her before I bring her on. She is, as I mentioned, a professional quantum hypnotherapist. She's also an open channel offering other professional size services, including energy alchemy. We're going to find out more about what that is. ET contact and paranormal experience counseling. Now that, you and I have talked a lot about this. We feel mm-hmm. that that's a group of people that have been neglected in the therapeutic environment. And here is Debs offering this type of counseling and help that is so, so needed. Now, Debs also hosts a longstanding local CE5 contact and consciousness group and is an active member of several international CE5 contact teams leading retreats and researching the infinite nature of consciousness. And she is the associate producer of the new top-rated film, Alien Abduction Answers. She also starred in it. And her work as a quantum hypnotherapist, assisting John Yost, the filmmaker, as well as with all the experiencers in the film, is highly featured. She has many decades of professional service, working with such people and many others seeking self-discovery and clarity about the nature of consciousness. Now, Debs was born with most of what she affectionately calls her superpowers, switched on, and what others may call the psi gifts. She also cherishes a lifetime of daily, almost constant contact with the various forms of consciousness, including ETs, interdimensionals, orbs, celestials, 
ultra terrestrials, and more. She has always perceived and has been able to live and work multi-dimensionally. So, Debs, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Patricia. Wow, what an introduction. It's my pleasure. <laughs> I have been so excited about this show because I think you girls are just so rad. It's just so much fun to listen to your show. I'm a, oh, I, I just couldn't wait for it. So thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure, really. Um, as I mentioned, we've been talking about this ever since we saw the movie that John uh, let us watch, and it was a great movie, and your part in all of it is, is very important. So tell us how, I mean, this is from birth. You were tuned in. So tell us what growing up was like. It was a, a strange childhood, <laughs> to say. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know I was different, um, really, until it was time to go to school. Um, I just lived a, a very um, beautiful. You know, I, I had more more than one family. I had a I had other dimensional families that were overlaid my physical family, and my parents just thought I was a really creative, imaginative child and put up with me telling them every detail about, you know, what my other fathers and mothers and siblings were doing. And uh, things that, uh, you know, like a three- or four-year-old shouldn't know about, you know, the world. Uh, But I was telling them that. And then I also had, you know, types of ET contact, angelics, you name it. Um, So I had a a pretty magical uh, childhood um, but then, you know, it's time to go to school, and and uh, I got, it, it got shut down pretty quickly, you know, publicly. I wasn't supposed to talk about it. Um, I didn't understand, and, you know, so it was interesting. I always thought everyone saw and perceived the way I do, and um, then I realized most people don't, and it it made me feel sad, but it also made me feel, like, really weird, you know, so I tried mm. to fit in a lot, and... You know, uh, but I was very introverted, um, had a very deep internal life. But it was a, you know, it was a fun childhood. Um, but I had a lot, a lot of experiences, especially with the, uh, extraterrestrials. So um, there's just so much to talk about, I can't even tell you. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, well, let me, let me ask you a question. When you yeah, talk okay, about your experiences with ETs, um, has this been the type of experience where you were physically taken up in a ship, brought to another location, or are these mostly uh, mental contacts? How would you describe it? Yes, all of it, all of it. Um, I now have a, I now have a name for what I experienced as a child, um, great friend, and and uh, the other really wonderful person who served as our expert on the film, Whitley Streeper, coined the term the secret school. And so hmm. uh, as a child, often was taken, you know, onto what I, I perceive as a craft. I don't know. And uh, shown many things. And uh, it, there were lots of other children there. Um, it was uh, it was quite enjoyable, actually, but there were things that they showed us, you know, uh, about possibilities that would happen to our Earth if we didn't start turning things around. So from a very early age, 
that really impacted me from a very early age. I, I became an eco-activist and uh, have always been for the planet, always a nature person. Um, it just, you know, it, I felt a deep calling to do something for the planet and for the planet's people. Um, so, uh, yeah, taken up in crafts, taken a different, uh, you know, homelands, I guess, is what I want to say. I can't really say because the older I get, the more the more broad it becomes. It doesn't become narrow, narrower and more clear. I truly believe the experiences that we have in our ET contact experiences are kind of crafted. They're kind of custom crafted for the person. You know, if you remember John, when, when he was a child was he was taken to a place, but it was like a subterranean, like a, a cave, a giant cave by these beings and shown screens. And, um, you know, pretty much it was the same thing. It was like the secret school. Um, for me, it was more, uh, you know, more of a spacecraft type environment uh, a lot of the times, but also different what one would call planets or dimensions or, you know, just I call them different homes. Um, but, and again. But you weren't afraid either. I was a tiny child. No, no I never right, had a scary experience. Because you know, a lot of people have scary experiences, as you well know. And even with John, mm-hmm. with his, um, how they kind of manipulated his mind a bit to think he was seeing this action figure rather right, than. right who was really there. And they do that a lot. So, yeah, but it sounds like you had a much more straightforward experience with them. Sounds a lot better. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a different experience. And what I found is is a therapist to these people and a sounding board of friends is just that um, it depends on where you are in your evolvement and where you are, uh, what kind of past experiences and indoctrinations and belief systems you're carrying around in your noggin as to how that becomes condensed and translated uh, to your memories. And, and that, some of that, I think, is a safeguard so that you're not terrified because it's so different often than what you're used to, especially as a child. So they use things that, you know, again, what he calls these screen memories or screen images, whereas John saw, you know, some uh, cartoon character that he really liked on TV uh, in place of what he really saw, which we saw in, in, his, uh, in his quantum hypnosis session on the film. Uh, you know, for me, when I, my very first experience when I was a tiny child, I, I was maybe three, I thought I saw uh, monkeys in the tree outside my window trying to get me to come outside and play. Now, at age three, I called them, I told my mother there were space monkeys outside my tree and they wanted me to come out and play. <laughs> and she thought I was dreaming. And hmm. I, I know that at that time I didn't know anything about space. And if I knew anything about monkeys, it was probably from a picture in the Encyclopedia Britannica that we had. I don't think I'd even been to San Diego Zoo by by that time. I was too little. So how did those two words come together in my mind to describe what I was seeing and what I now know were um, pretty typical grays? 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, outside right. my window. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating, but everybody sees different things. Um, you know, as I got older, most of the time I saw giant owls, or what I thought were giant owls, but they're not owls. You know, they're just, that was, I was comfortable with that image. So, um, but now I see them for what they really are, and, and I think it's, it's cool, but, you know, I think that's kind of a survival mechanism of the psyche. Uh, I don't know that the ETs do it. I I wonder if it's our own inner, you know, our subconscious mind doing that to protect us, kind of give us a buffer from something that might yeah. be too un, unusual, right? Yeah, because we're always looking for reference points. So mm-hmm. there aren't any. There aren't any for these, but I will tell you a funny story that we heard from one of our guests, and it was about a lady who was having this contact experience here on Earth, and all of a sudden the um, mind, whatever they were doing to try to make it so she couldn't see them for who they were, it fell apart. And so all of a sudden she's seeing what they look like and she said they were in a panic and they just kept saying in my head she said I just kept hearing over and over owl 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 yeah they're trying to get that image of the owl back in her head we thought that was hilarious but um that is hilarious yeah so I think they do this and this lady actually was must have been a lot like you, kept her wits about her, didn't freak out, but she caught them, basically, in the act I of love it. doing mm-hmm. that. Mind impression, yeah. Yeah, yeah. love it. Love it. Yeah. I, I tell you, every time I think I've heard it all, I get another great story, you know. I, <laughs> I, have, the, I have the most fascinating life of anybody I know because every day, I get to work with these folks, and every day I hear something new and unusual. And also every day I get to hopefully uh, leave people feeling a little better than when we first started talking. Um, You know, and some people are not afraid or anything when they come to me. They just want to remember more or they're more curious about if there's anything else that's locked away in there about it and, and I also just work with people on anything. You know, it, it, I've I've worked as a broad spectrum uh, broad spectrum uh, therapist for many many decades. So you know, it, it wasn't just this at first, uh, and really just the last I don't know five to seven years, it seems to be funneling down, funneling down, funneling down to almost like this is what I do now, and uh, it's. It's fascinating. It's amazing that there are that many people who have these. And I tend well, to postulate that we all have them. We all have really? them. We just don't remember them. Some of, oh, yeah, I think every human has them because, you know, I work with the, the, the nature of quantum physics, the quantum universe, which says that there are infinite universes, infinite versions of Earth, infinite versions of you on these infinite, in these infinite universes, and they're all happening at once forever in one spot. So really it's what you're tuned into by virtue of your vibrational state as to what you're perceiving, i.e., you know, what you're focused on feeling, 
what your, you know, what your most focused um, thoughts are about, what your construct for yourself is in your mind. And so uh, I truly believe, you know, we all interact with them. And there's something that keeps coming out in the sessions and in the channeling that I do with the star teachers. They just say all of it's us. It's just all us on different layers of reality, mm. talking to ourselves. Interesting. So how's that for a mind bender? Yeah, that makes my mind <laughs> expand. Um, Definitely. And I, I can't think of anybody better than you to do with this kind of work because of your own experiences. So instead of a clinician, you know, that is skilled at hypnosis or quantum hypnosis, I mean, it's, if they haven't had the experience, then it's a it's very different. You've had the experience multiple times, and I would think that in and of itself is very reassuring to the people that come to see you. I hope it is. Um, you know, one of my one of my idols, if you will, I want to say role models, was the great John Mack, and mm. he, as far as I know didn't have those experiences, belonged to. But, you know, and and, and the great researcher, Jacques Vallée, he always said, I, I would love to have the experience. All I do is research it and report about it and write about it and talk about it, you know, and bring people be- together about it. But so some of these people who are bri- doing brilliant work or who did brilliant work in this field never have their own personal experiences. And I always, it always egged at me thinking if I wish I could have gotten a hold of them to do the work that I do with these people just to see if really they they haven't or if they just don't remember them yet. So kind of to think about. Yes, exactly. Now tell us what is the difference between hypnosis as we may know it and quantum hypnosis? Ah, very good question. Well, I started out with clinical hypnosis. I'm, I'm classically trained, but the uh, the bugaboo that I got into was, you know, I I came into this life with all these other gifts. With I'm, I'm telepathic. I'm psychic. I I can work with energy. I can perceive energy, um, and so and I'm very deep uh, empath, and so it was really hard to not put that into my work uh, when I was first coming up in the in the world because, you know, at the time, I, I don't know what it's like now, but in a clinical setting, you have to stick to a pretty rigid structure and rules for how you proceed with, with a client. And, you know, this is a very delicate uh, set of circumstances that you're working with a person's psyche and so, you know, back even 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 back then, you couldn't even hold someone's hand or or talk about past lives or anything. But it was it was just not done. It was that was you know not considered a clinical setting. So what I wound up doing was stepping away from that and doing this work with all these other things. Uh, integrated. I'm also a lifelong yogi and so what I call quantum hypnosis, I kind of keyed that term about 40 years ago 
to describe the work that I do because it's so kind of an umbrella uh, using hypnosis with all these other things integrated. Um, the way that I help people go, I think, way deeper and more expanded into the infinite realm of consciousness is to have them do some homework uh, and practice before we have the session and then during the session. And you saw that in the film. There's breath work. There's sound technology using a, a, a mantra, a sound, to kind of get your entire body and mind vibrating at a higher frequency brainwave state called the theta state. Actually, it's lower frequency. It's slowing it down, way down. But it mm-hmm. uh, expands you into a more positive state, let's just say a clearer state of relaxed focus where you're able to activate that little tiny pea-sized organ in our gland in your brain called the pineal gland, which yogis, mystics always call the third eye. I call it the cosmic satellite dish. When you do this, you get everything vibrating in your body at the same rate of oscillation. It, it starts to vibrate the tiny little rhomboid crystals that embedded in that little tiny gland. And when they all start vibrating at the same rate of oscillation, this is kind of technical, but it creates what uh, scientists call the piezoelectrical effect. And it literally turns into a radio transceiver, just like radio. It tune, you can tune it to any frequency and pick up signals, or you can send signals to any frequency. It's the same thing that runs your computer. It's the same thing that runs your phone. Any electronic device runs by virtue of crystals vibrating at the same rate of, uh, of frequency. So we do this practice. I have people do this as homework before their sessions and get, you know, proficient at it. And then we do it before we go into the session proper together. And it primes the pump, so to speak, so that they literally, we just set the intention that they are going to visit whatever they need to visit and see it clearly and understand it and be able to utilize that to bring clarity into their life and purpose into their life. And, and if they need healing, healing. But, but that's how it works. And that's what makes it more different than, than clinical. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it, it really includes a, so many other aspects of healing and health and, and wholeness. Mm-hmm. And for your abductees, you know, a lot of people have mind wipes, apparently, and they don't remember oh, yeah. much of what happened. Now, these mind wipes, um, I've been told that it's done by the ETs. Is that your experience also, that they're the ones that do the mind wipes? We're not doing it to ourselves, so to speak, but they're doing it. Uh, it's both and, and, and other humans sometimes. So I will tell you that I've worked with people who have self-buffered, um, I like to call it that, where they kind of, you know, mm-hmm. compartmentally minimize things until they're ready to, to remember them, if they ever are. Um, and also the beings that they're dealing with may uh, put them away in a little cupboard in the in the psyche until such time that it's perfect timing, and something will trigger them, just like something triggered John in his story. 
to remember more or to ask more questions. Um, right. And then there's a third set, which I, I don't really like to bring up, but I'm just going to say I'm getting a lot of people nowadays. Uh, I'm shocked at how many who uh, have been the subject of, of my lab activity, of, uh, you know, the dark program activity where there's been mind control um, stuff done with them. And uh, and they've had little programs put in to have them forget about what they were doing. Uh, but the good news here, and people always call and say, I can't be hypnotized. They've wiped my memories. They've locked my mind. Uh, I have a program that uh, disallows me to be hypnotized. I've never found a person that that uh, can't be. Um, it's it's a natural function of our own consciousness. We go in and out of self-hypnosis hundreds of times a day, and we don't even recognize that we do. If you're daydreaming, that's self-hypnosis. If you're in a, a flow state, you know, you're getting stuff done and you, you lose track of time, lose track of what your body is doing, you know, like maybe you skip your lunch and don't realize it till it's late, or you lose track of the environment around you, like you get so lost in a good book that you don't hear the fire alarm going off, that's uh, self-hypnosis. And we go in and out of that all the time. So it's not true that, that you cannot be hypnotized. It's a natural state of consciousness. It's just that people have to learn to trust that they're going to be safe, that it's going to be okay, that they are going to have someone who understands with them every step of the way, and that they're going to have a positive outcome at the end of it. So that's kind of my job on on, the, on my end of it. That's a lot. I mean, that's <laughs> you do a lot with these people because it is so difficult to integrate. And plus, for many people, it's a terrifying experience. And then on top of it, there's a problem with remembering it. So people are at the effect of what they don't remember. And so mm-hmm. unlocking these memories is crucial to their healing. It's crucial to the The incredible thing with this, though, is that once you can see it clearly and objectively, I, I basically I tell people, I'm the editor of the Cosmic Newspaper, and you're my star reporter, and I'm sending you on an assignment, and what I want you to do is call it in and report to me what you're observing, you know, objectively. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to worry about it. You're just reporting it to me. You're narrating the whole story to me. And I might ask you more questions so that you can widen the scope of of your perception and give me even more information. But once they see the situation clearly without any filters, the healing really does, it it happens on its own because it's, it's like it dissipates all of the negative structure around it, if there ever was any. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds effective. PK, you had a question? Yeah, many times we don't feel that we're able to be, shall we say, put into a state where we could remember these things, or we just assume that it's not real. 
What do we do mm-hmm. to actually take a look at what's transpiring around us and letting it be known that it is actually taking place? Are you talking about in your everyday life? Well, we have ideas or we have feelings about things that we're in another area or compartment of life, shall we say. And we're yeah. unsure. We think it's real, but then we think, oh, no, that can't possibly be. How can we take a look at what's really taking place and allow ourselves to believe what we're in touch with? Well, two things, PK. Number one, anything that you can think about, you've already created. It's already it's already real. Just which mm-hmm. frequency are you going to dial into to focus on and pay attention to and explore, okay? So if you can think mm-hmm. it, it's, it's real. And then the second thing is, um, you know, if you volitionally want to look at things yourself, I even have a tutorial on my website, uh, on my YouTube channel, that teaches people the same process I teach my clients uh, that I call it quantum consciousness pineal gland activation, mm-hmm. you know, that what I was describing to you, you can do that or any number of practices to get yourself in a quiet, relaxed, meditative state and just trust that whatever you get is real and there's nothing to be afraid mm-hmm. of. It's all you. You're, you're creating it. You know, I'm sure, uh, you know, the power of the imagination is your greatest superpower. I'm sure as a child you were told, like I was, oh, stop imagining things. Quit making Mm -hmm. things up. Well, there's a reason why people tell you that, you know, from the top down. Your mom and dad might have told you that because they wanted you to focus on your math homework, you know. But (laughs) from the top down, we are programmed to believe that the imagination and making things up, in quotes, is a frivolous activity when, in fact, we're mm-hmm. literally describing who we really are, which is the creator. We are the creator of all of, of everything, of all reality. What you think and feel is what becomes your reality depending on where you put your focus. So what my job is is to get people to, number one, feel relaxed enough to kind of scan the infinite realities and, mm-hmm. you know, instantly pick the right one to go look at objectively and report back to me what, what they're observing. And then number two, to trust that it's real because it's all real. And I think all of this work, I think everything that we go through in life, uh, you know, all the lessons that we have in life, Always lean mm-hmm. back to one thing, and that is to trust yourself. Trust yourself. You are infinitely wise. And most people don't trust themselves. They, they've been uh, programmed to be outward referring. And they don't trust mm-hmm. anything unless an authority figure says it outside of themselves. Even though they may be thinking it within themselves, they don't trust that inner voice until someone verifies that from the outside. So uh, I like to tell people I always listen to the voices in my head and I do just what they tell me to do because it's usually my own <laughs> self going That's so adorable. Right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Heaven Agreed. and hell. If I, I'm going to say that to the wrong person one of these days and I'll wind up, you know, 
in a padded room. With the white coats coming for you. I know, know, really. I'll be able to meditate more and and travel more that way. Yeah. It's all good. Let me ask you, when, uh, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, hundreds if not thousands of people who have had these experiences, um, are there any that stand out in your mind that were particularly traumatic for the individual? Oh, gosh, yeah, so many, so many. And I think that, again, is because we have been brought up to kind of, how do I want to say this, absorb what our culture tells us is reality. And, you know, people in our age group and down uh, who are on the earth at this time, most of us grew up on, you know, movies and and storybooks and stuff that tell us that uh, not just ETs are, are, are scary and trying to come invade the earth and eat the babies and all that, but really if you look at our culture as a whole, as a global culture, what is the underpinning of our of our belief system is anything or anyone who is different than you and believes differently than you should not be trusted and is probably out to get you. And that's the mm-hmm. that's the the whole you know ball of wax as far as why we're in the state we are, why we're kind of stuck in a negative loop, if you will, of war and greed and control because people don't realize that that's not true. You know, um, just because yes, someone has we a know. different color skin or, or different belief system doesn't mean they're any better or worse than you. They're all just individuals. Listen, there's... Well, I think, though, I you know... You what, oh, go ahead. I, I just, I think we've gotten beyond that for the most part in, in terms of skin color and other things. Uh, not that it, there's still some issues. However, what I think we've talked about on the show quite a bit and how we personally feel is we are appalled at how many are just into whatever the authority says, the media, the government, known liars, all of them. And and we are just shocked. How can these people even consider taking what these uh, these institutions run by corporations, what they have to say at face value? It's it's all this is a head shaker for us. I mean, PK and I talk about this all the time. But I see it and I, I can I, I think I see it pretty clearly, at least from my perspective. For me, what I see is humans have evolved over, you know, millennia to uh, survive. And one of the survival mechanisms is to conserve energy, okay? So conservation of energy is a good thing, right? You don't want to just keep going until you uh, until you wear yourself out. You have to replenish your your cells with nourishment and sleep and water and all that. But conservation of energy now means taking the easiest route. And often the easiest route uh, is not the best because there's no learning there. You're you're giving away your power. When you take the Mm -hmm. easiest route, which is to listen to what some 
guy on the news says is the truth instead of really going within and asking yourself, does that really feel like the truth to me? Or, you know, telling you that the sky is red instead of blue when you're looking at it and it's blue, but you believe it because (laughs) that guy, you know, has three more degrees than you do. And so obviously you don't know what he knows. So it, it, I, I believe that's what's happened. And, and in our culture now, you know, we've become so, I don't know, acclimated to everything being fast. You know, we have fast food. We have uh, drive-through banking. We have the Internet where mm-hmm. you can get information, whether it's good or not, instantaneously. But everything is fast. People want to keep moving and they want to not have to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's, that's, true. that's where your head shaker's coming from. And what I want to say a little bit, yeah, I wanted right. to say a moment ago is that what I found in these sessions and, and what I found, you know, because the messages not are not just coming through about their lives, you know, the, these other realities or these experiences, but as you saw in, in the film with John, we always go and talk to the higher self, which is kind of that highest frequency being um, that that actually is the accumulation of all information, what you might call source or God or whatever. But we always visit with that being in these sessions. And every time the information is it's still the same. And, and a main message that keeps coming through is there is no, everything in life, is neutral. It, it has a neutral um, value until an observer perceives it and the observer labels it as negative or positive via their own past experiences, their belief systems, their indoctrinations, and so forth that color their perception. So it's, it's how you look at things as to whether it's good or bad. Some people can look at the ocean and say, oh, that's the most beautiful, glorious thing on the planet. And others will look at it and be terrified because maybe they lived through a tsunami and it tore up their town and killed their parents, you know. So everything is neutral until we give it a value. And I believe that the easy way out we were talking about is to apply value to something that someone else told us is the value, you know? So that that uh, political party is bad, or that country is good, or that food is terrible, or that, you know, whatever. Just insert variable here. Well, that makes sense, but let me ask you this. I mean, there's been so many abductees and women who have talked about having eggs taken, and mm-hmm. I mean that doesn't sound like such a great thing <laughs> to me. I know I'm I'm putting a value on it, but it does sound like it's invasive, and it's mm-hmm. taking something away from women. I mean, we all have only a certain amount of eggs, and that's it. So how do you yeah. how do you approach that with your clients? Well, I've had I've had many female clients and male clients who talk about you know they've had males have had their semen taken, okay? So, but when we go into 
the experience for real through quantum hypnosis, and they literally are living it living it again with no filters on to a person they have reported. I signed up for this because these are my relatives, and they either some of them need um, volunteers to do this so that they can revive their uh, race in that frequency with the DNA, or uh, because we're part of a scientific co-op and we're all doing the experimentation and this is our piece of the experiment, it's incredible. So um, it's, it's not, uh, you know, with, with all of these thousands of people I've been working with, I really can't ever remember one who came away saying, um, I still feel violated. I, they did this to me, and I, um, I didn't ask for it. In their human mind, in their human consciousness, which is a tiny little flash drive of information compared to the cloud, which is what you really are, containing all the information, but in your little human brain, it can only contain so much information, so it compresses it down to understandable symbols, and those symbols are then, again, translated by virtue of the way you believe and experience. Mm -hmm. So when you're walking around in a culture that has had a thousand movies and books uh, thrown upon you that say that, you know, the hybridization program, for instance, if you want to call it that, is an evil race trying to take our DNA and our eggs away from us and all that, and we are violated with anal probes and all this stuff and experimented on, and it's a horrible nightmare. Well, we go into these situations in quantum hypnosis, and, yeah, they're doing things uh, medically sometimes and experimentally, but to a person, they volunteered and they're part of a scientific team or, a, or a, a family unit that's trying to, like a civilization, that's trying to do something either new or revise something that was almost lost. So um, I might be crazy, but there are <laughs> a lot of people coming to me for something that they thought was one thing and mm-hmm. always coming out the other side saying it's something else. So I don't know. Does that, does that give them more peace when they come to terms with that? Absolutely it does. Because then they mm-hmm. then what happens is when we talk to the higher self at the end of the session, the higher self pulls all this together. It ties it all together and brings it into a, a, a context of why did all this happen? Why am I remembering this? What does it mean for mm-hmm. me now? Why am I here now? And it always is a call to action for what they're supposed to be doing in this life. It brings so much uh, illumination to everything that brought them to this point. And, uh, and it plays a great deal uh, into that narrative. It's, it's, it's very complicated sometimes. It's very rich and full in the, in the storyline. But it always is a call to action. No one comes to this work that has not had that be the reason why they came. They want to remember something or they want to heal something or 
they want to understand something, but at the end of it, they realize, oh, oh, wow, I have a purpose here that I didn't realize I had, and I better get cracking, just like John did in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. There is so much to this whole uh, this whole field, and I'm really so happy that you're here talking with us about how you work with people, and you obviously give them a whole level of safety they haven't had before, and then you help them integrate it, because this is very hard to integrate. Again, very few reference points for that, a lot of uh, cultural uh, derision still about this, so you offer such safety in in coming to terms with what they've experienced and then also taking them to the next step where they get a, a real understanding of their piece of this, of why they're involved mm-hmm. in this. I mean, it's a, you're offering the whole package to people who have really been, in my opinion, neglected and and really need help. So congratulations. Well, you. You're filling a thank great you. need I here. Thank you. I try my best. I have great compassion for all beings, and I have great love uh, for people. And I hate to see suffering, especially needless suffering. Um, Listen, uh, sometimes some of the things that we find out uh, are our real purpose. They may not be a walk in the park. They may be very difficult Mm -hmm. and very uh, challenging, but they're the most fulfilling things. You know, when you realize who you really are and what you're about, um, it gives you courage and strength to keep going. Uh, you know, keep going back to John in, in this film or, or to Whitley Strieber himself who went through horrific, you know, things. Uh, he did. He yeah. still has questions about it. You know, but look at these two people. They literally went from, you know, doing other things in their lives and, and having, you know, regular kind of lives with this in the background, and suddenly they go into the memory of it and they get that call to action and their whole focus hones in on what they're doing and it has to do with bringing these messages out to the world. And mm-hmm. nothing will stop them. I, I have never seen anyone get so caught on fire as I have John Yost in the last few years. That's um, terrific. And and make so many positive changes. The man literally has transformed himself in every level. And you know what's funny is when he finally did have that session, the main takeaway was, you know, his reason for wanting to do it was because he lied his whole life about it to cover it Mm -hmm. up because he was kind Mm -hmm. of imprinted by his dad, you know, uh, when the first thing happened and his anger right. about it and he said, don't ever talk about that again. So he lied his whole life about that, and now the man can't even tell a little white lie. You know, heaven help him when his new baby granddaughter grows up a few years from now and says, <laughs> you know, Peepaw, is Santa Claus real? What's he going to do? You know? <laughs> he literally, he's like, I can't even tell Time a little white lie. Time to pass the microphone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it hurts so bad to even tell a little fib oh, like that. You that's know, funny. when his wife walks in and says, "Honey, do, does this dress make my butt look big?" You know, yeah, bite right. your lip and walk out of the room. 
which <laughs> she would never do that because she's a gorgeous woman and, and you know, doesn't have the reason to say that. But, you know, that's, that's so funny. How we, how we do that in our lives, you know, we think it's okay uh, and we make up that <clears throat> it's okay to, to tell the little white kids to say someone's uh, feelings and so forth. But really, it's all lying, isn't it? And so they're very strict about that with him. He cannot hmm. tell a lie, ever. That's oh, so God. interesting. Yeah. Jen, yeah. let me ask you about the fact that you are into this. I mean, with both feet, sleeves rolled up, you are in the thick of this whole UFO abductee experience. Have you ever had any trouble from the government, shadow government, whoever the hell they are, that usually bother <laughs> abductees. Have you had any experiences with that? All the time. All the time. Oh. And so here's the, um, if you're talking about men in black and dark ops and all that stuff, yeah. all yeah. the time. All that good and stuff. What I, have, what I have found and what, like, the star teachers who are kind of my, my ET best friends and work with me and, I channel them a lot. What they've told me is, look, the the way you overcome adversity like that and things that might scare you or or dissuade you from doing what you know is what you're supposed to do from the good, doing the good work, is to keep your vibrational state high. So rather than being afraid when I see that big black car uh, pull up and the guy in the black glasses gets out, and says, you can we give you a ride when I'm out running? And that happened oh, while there was a black box oh. helicopter oh circling above me. Oh, um, gosh, how I intimidating. Say, oh, no thanks, guy. I'm, I'm, no thanks, guys. I'm happy. I'm fine. And I just smile and, and uh, ran behind the car, and they followed <clears> me all the way home. This, this really happened a couple of years oh, ago. Goodness. I was on the phone with a very high-level person in the contact community at the time uh, who lives in Holland. And she was on the phone with me the whole time. She's like, Debs, are you afraid? I'm like, no, I'm safe. Because I'm in a different frequency than them, slightly different where they can't do anything. So I'm like, you know, I'm just full of love. I send love to people. I laugh a lot. Um, I, I joke a lot about it. But, you know, I have had technical things happen, you know, uh, to my electronics. I've had, uh, very sure I've had some of my conversations and broadcasts interrupted. Um, And so I just laugh about it and say, oh, well, they're trying their best, but, you know, we'll start over again. Uh, But uh, the stuff that, you know, I, I, I alluded to a little earlier where I'm getting people who, really were, um, like some of the Montauk Project children and the MyLab people, um, people who were um, subject of MKUltra and things like that. I get a lot of these people now, and they're terrified. They're terrified to even talk about it. They're terrified to talk about it on the phone even because they're sure they're being zapped. I'm like, you know what? They can't hurt you if you, if you don't, if you're not afraid of them. Stop being afraid. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just as powerful as anyone else, bring yep. your vibrational state up, and I help them learn how to do that. And um, a lot of them have really broken free from that paradigm. So, That's you know, good. I'm, not, I'm not afraid of anything. So, 
I, what I are the men in black? Do you know? Die. Do you uh, know what the men in black I are? I don't really know. Uh, I just really don't know. Sometimes I think they're, well, I, I'm very sure most of them are human, um, but they may be working with lower vibrational entities or civilizations. You know, it doesn't matter because they're, they're so low on that vibrational state that I, you know, again, I work with quantum nature of, of consciousness. So what we know in quantum physics is two disparate frequencies cannot exist well in the same spot or at all in the same spot. So um, if you have somebody who's really low vibration uh, and somebody who's really high vibration, they can repel each other. You can still perceive each other. And you might be able to, you know, do some smoke and mirror stuff at one another. But um, if you keep your vibe high, things can't, people can't hurt you. So I don't know who they and, are, and I don't really care. Okay. And how about In my the, there's so many there's there's so many ET races, and when mm-hmm. you're working with all these folks, you're encountering I'm sure many of them. Are are there any thoughts that you want to share on the different races and I know a lot of people say reptilians are bad and then other people say well there's good and bad in everything <laughs> so yeah. what are your thoughts on all of this exactly there again life is expressing itself on an infinite spectrum of, of expression from the lowest vibrational state to the highest vibrational state and it's all just life and it's all just you I think um, Edwin Schrodinger, the great scientist, the great physicist, said one time, there's only one mind in the universe, and it's you, and all the reflections of you. So uh, the, you know, I, I believe that in this place, third-dimensional earth life, human earth life, we have built this construct, it's kind of an experimental science lab, to play around with these concepts. Most what I've been shown and what I know is that most of the cosmos live pretty harmoniously. But are there lower factions of every civilization and higher factions? Of course. John has talked uh, ad nauseum about this. Like, you know, we send a spaceship, a, a rocket with astronauts from Earth to Mars and the Martians, you know, greet us, and we start to the astronauts start to get out of the out of the spaceship, and and one is from Sweden, and is a scientist, and one is from Africa, and is an industrialist, and one is from the United States, and um, you know, is a is a person who is seeking uh, expensive minerals to exploit on the planet. And that's just from one planet in one spaceship, right, in one rocket ship. So how can we say all the reptilians are evil or they're all healers or, you know, how can we say that all the grays are this or that? I mean, there are infinite expressions of life. And they're all imbuing all these different civilizations. So, you know, it just it's just like, you know, you meet 20 people in your daily walk 
in your neighborhood, and they're all different, but they're all humans. How do you hmm. explain that, you know? So Right. And how do you know who to stay away from and who to befriend? Right. <laughs> well, I like to take people at face value, and I always surround myself in love and high vibrational state of, of divine light, and I transmit that all the time. So even if they do mean me harm, they're bouncing up against my vibrational state, and that repels it, sends it right back to them, infected with that. So I, t- I, I tend mm-hmm. to tell people, you know, surround yourself with that. I call it the impermeable bubble of light and love. And I actually have a tutorial on my on my website and on my YouTube channel that tells how to do that. Um, we're we're going to get to that because yourself. I want to tell people that yeah. how to reach you and more about your yeah. services. Oh. But I'm going to have to run this quick commercial. We're going to come back sure, and then I want to make sure we talk about that. So and if people are texting me, how do I? Get in touch with Deb. So we got to make sure we cover that. So hang on, everybody. Uh, We are going to just play this commercial, and then we'll be right back. The health benefits of sunlight to our body are well known. Light energizes. Light lifts your mood. And light can heal. What if all these benefits were combined into one portable device that you can use in the comfort of your home? The German medical device manufacturer Weber Medical has recently launched the Endolite Band. The Endolite Band looks like a smartwatch, but does so much more. This revolutionary band is equipped with true laser diodes that irradiate the circulating blood via your arteries. Each color provides its own powerful benefits. Red and infrared light deliver energy and regulate your immune system and blood pressure. Yellow is a real mood booster and improves sleep quality. Green impacts oxygen supply, and blue has anti-inflammatory effects. The Endolite Band has three programs, Recharge helps you start your day with energy. If you want to unwind and clear your head after a busy day, select Relax. When you need full support, select Recover, activating all diodes at the same time for the full range of effects. Improve your well-being at the touch of a button. 30 minutes per day gives you the advantage, and there are no side effects. Let the Endolite Band bring you a healthier life. Order now at www.wmedicalsystems.com. That's www.wmedicalsystems.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. Uh, PK and I are having a wonderful time tonight, as I'm sure you are listening to Deb's Shakti. She is a quantum hypnotherapist, a channeler, many, many more things. We're going to find out how you can get in touch with Deb. So, Deb's tell us. What's the best way to get Oh, okay. <laughs> Super easy. Every way to contact me has that name in it. So it's um, the website is debshakti.com, D-E-B-Z-S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Uh, my Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Uh, what am I forgetting here? All of those things. Um, they're all under Deb Shakti and uh, YouTube channel, Deb Shakti. So um, it, it's very easy to get hold of me. You can connect with me through the website or through any of those social media channels. And I love to hear from people. I love people's stories. And like I said, I'm, I'm just here to help. And, uh, yeah. 
And yes, you I offer can. other services. You don't have to be an abductee or a contactee in order to contact Deb. No. And um, no. you, because you offer other other services, you're doing all kinds of uh, psychic work for other people and channeling. So mm-hmm. if you could talk a little bit about that and tell them what that is like. Right. I've always, um, well, because I, I have been able to perceive and, and work in the, the different dimensions uh, consciously, um, I, I, that's how I attribute my, my psychic and, and telepathic um, gifts. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just I can connect very easily and uh, do medium work and all that stuff. But uh, so I offer that, offer that, and I uh, have always been a channel. I didn't know that's what it was until really I think the late 70s or early 80s when I first read uh, Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I learned about channeling and then uh, Ramsa and, you know, go on up through the ages and, and people are connecting and allowing themselves to be the verbal mouthpiece, for instance, of, of other beings um, who give wisdom. So I'm an open channel. Um, beings speak to me all the time. And sometimes we know who they are. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Uh, the higher level ones always say they don't have a label because they've evolved past that egoic need to mm-hmm. have a name. Uh, but uh, the, the the biggest group that I channel most often are called the, the star teachers or just the teachers. And they were very adamant when I asked, you know, what what's your name? They said, we don't have a name, but people kept asking. And so they said, you can call us the the teachers or the star teachers, but really they say they're us on a higher level. Or if you can't get your mind around that, they're us from the future, reaching back down through the timeline to remind ourselves that we actually do succeed in overcoming all the negativity and uh, greed and, and competitiveness of this of this paradigm that we're in right now and that we do live harmoniously. We do eventually uh, go off and uh, explore the galaxies and the, the other dimensions and we become way more than we ever dreamed. So um, fantastic. I do that. That's great. Yeah, I do that work. A lot of the times they speak. Um, we do a lot of global transmissions um, for free over, you know, over live feeds and stuff. I do that many times a year. And um, people can and join then, your uh, CE5 contact teams? They can do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. In fact, we do, I do, re, uh, do retreats uh, several times a year in different places where uh, they can actually come and learn how to do it and do it and start their own groups. And, you know, this is the, this is the work that we've all been charged to do is teach people how to initiate contact with these beings, it's different than having it, quote-unquote, happen to you. When you ask to meet up or have, you know, evidence of this, um, and you're in, you know, you're in a, a good place in your heart, and your mind, it comes. And once, it's, once the task turned on, it just, you have it. You have that connection, and it grows, and it's really wonderful. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Des, one last question. Have you worked with any military people? 
that have been contactees or abductees? Yes, and, you know, because of confidentiality purposes, and I'm very strict about that, um, I'm I'm not able to say who, but you would be very surprised at who I work with. I work with a lot of high-level people. And I'm in a lot of high-level research groups with uh, many famous and 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 top secret uh, research scientists. So I'm, I I live a very happy, exciting life. But uh, as far as military, military and political and even religious um, leaders in in our world, I'm working with all of them. So no kidding. <clears throat> Very interesting. Well, I think you have a lot more pieces of the puzzle than most of us, so that's great. That is really great. Well, thank you, Deb, so much for coming on the show tonight. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Very enjoyable. The double double P's, I really enjoyed it. I I think the gals are so amazing and so much fun. I I just love your show, and I'm just very honored and, and, and really just very grateful to be given a chance to come on and talk to you. Wow. So thank you for so joining us. Yes. yes, this has been great, Debs. You're, you bring a, a, a very refreshing perspective to all of this. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And we have to have you back to talk about more of this. So we'll be back in touch. And until next week, everybody, when we have another great show, we're bringing a bird communicator on to tell us how to communicate Ooh. with all kinds of birds, bird magic. So that's next week. Cool. And until then, we're going to see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.